magic. Awesome. How's it going? I love it. I love it. It's great. Everything's going wonderful. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much. I like your office, by the way. I was going to tell you that. It's a, Thank you. It's a, it's a cool setup. Yeah, it was uh, kind of a, a thought and that thought spurred into, you know, action. <laughs> That's usually how that Ama- works. amazing how that happens. Right. You think something and then it turns into real life, you know? Yeah. What, so what's going on? You've got like a graph behind you and it, you've written um, stuff on the wall and then you've got post-it notes. Yeah. So it is, um, I like to say it's the project wall. So okay. it's the things that I have to write down before I forget and they're lost for eternity. Um, <laughs> so that is, it's a dry erase wall. Um, so no way. It's, yeah, yeah. That's so really cool. The things that are on the, in the thought pass, pattern, but you know, can't get done immediately, get thrown up there and then. When I have a free second, I'll pull a project down and knock it out of the park and keep going. <laughs> nice. A, a dry erase wall. Even so, but there's an outlet there. So the outlet is right in the dry erase wall? Yeah. So all it is is just like a coating. Um, it's like a paint? Just, yeah. Just goes right over the paint and makes it dry erase. And every couple of years, you refinish it and redo the wall and everything's just peachy. Now I want a dry erase wall. That's really cool. That's a great idea. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Yeah, <laughs> would would dry race again? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, how what was your plan to begin with, and how did you end up at the YMCA? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, a little bit about me is I actually started off um, as what we call a Y brat. So, okay. I was running around, you know, at seven years old around the Y, thinking like I own the place. Yeah. Um, you know, as you do. So, yeah. participated in a number of programs, um, and during that was competitive swimming the whole time and really fell in love with it with the water um and then when it was 16 when i was 16 it was just right to become a lifeguard and swim instructor so i did that um and kind of just grew up with the passion and have always had the why as part of my life in some capacity going to college going to you know in high school going um looking for my first full-time job it was always kind of there um so while you were in college what was your plan so while I was in college, I actually worked full time for the okay. Y. So um, I was a branch aquatics coordinator. So yeah. managed lifeguards, swim instructors, um, a lot of the swim lesson curriculum, a lot of the water aerobics and, and multiple things like that, kind of more of an operations side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought I wanted to be in uh, the medical field at some point. Um, so I thought, well, perfect. It's a stepping stool with that. And, you know, as college developed and I was like, I really enjoy the medical side of things, but I actually really enjoy public health more. And so that's what we, I ended up going to school for is getting a degree in public health at university of South Florida, um, and Goebbels. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, it just kind of stemmed after that. So after I graduated, um, there was kind of this lapse of, do I want to do this? Do I want to go a different route? And so, um, I spent a, a summer or two doing a lot of political campaigns. And so um, worked doing that and building relationships with a lot of the state and local leadership um, in Pinellas County and in the state of Florida. And then decided I really, really missed the nonprofit world. So jumped back um, into one of our other programs called Youth in Government. And so it's basically teaching civic engagement to um, teenagers anywhere from middle school up to high school. Um, that really interests me. And while we were doing that in, in 2015, uh, we started this big thought and big idea of trying to come together with all the 20 associations in Florida and really look at water safety as a priority. 
Um, and so getting on that and working a lot with um, our national office on some of the safety around water curriculum and some lesson curriculum, everything kind of just fell in line. Um, so when we finally got some state funding for this, um, we it was just natural, right? We had all done all this work and it was a perfect fit and I enjoyed water safety and, and drowning prevention. And so I fit right in um, and had some of the political background and, and to understand the process and, and really try to organize and, and create change. Um, and that's kind of where the thought process, I know you've talked to both Paula and Liz, um, mm -hmm. that's kind of the thought process around Water Smart Florida is convening this group of people that have like interests on a statewide level that can really look at driving change in a longer in a longer term. That's really cool. So how long ago was that? So that's the our initiative started in 2015. Um, okay. So 2015 was really the the year that we came together as you know you got to think of because each Y is localized. Um, mm -hmm. So Liz Liz's Y runs on an association level. So it's going to run very different than Miami or very different than Jacksonville or things like that. So a lot of people were doing phenomenal things in water safety, and we didn't want to take away from that, but we did want to unify and come together because knowing that we have one curriculum and kind of one purpose and one vision really is a lot more impactful than having multiple things going on. So uh, we rallied around the new, some of the new curriculum that we were building and a lot of the community integrated health concept that we've taken from diabetes prevention and um, arthritis management and some of those things and streamline that to really focus around water safety. That's really cool. Um, did, the, did the name come down from the YMCA or did it percolate from the up from you guys and up back up? Yeah. The water smart Florida name. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was kind of twofold, right? So water smart, the water smart concept started down in um, Broward County. That's what I thought. So, yeah. So Broward County adopted water smart Broward. Um, and then from there, when the Y down in South Palm beach County, launched some of their initiatives, um, Liz adopted that. And it's, you know, for us, it's very important that we drop a lot of the branding of local organizations and really adopt something that's unified and something that doesn't speak true to one organization or the other, that it's really streamlined. So that's kind of what we did there. And it was all in the same hemisphere that our partners with Department of Health um, are, were rebranding from waterproof Florida because we know that people can't be waterproofed right. to they were looking for something. And so naturally they adopted the water smart Florida name and we came together and unified um, the task force under that name as well. That's cool. So are you and Liz then under the same kind of organization then, or is she still water smart Palm Beach County? She is still water smart Palm Beach County. We haven't really gotten to a point where it's a, it's structured in the, in the fact that, Water Smarts kind of roll up to Water Smart Florida. Um, there's a number of awesome drowning prevention coalitions across the state of Florida, and we don't yeah. really want to mandate, um, nor can we mandate that they change their name. Mm -hmm. So really trying to build up what we have and what people are willing to to keep going and carry on and carry on that name and seeing if it if it takes hold. I know Water Smart Martin um, has kind of started and is, is working. And then there's a new Sarasota coalition. And so that's kind of the beauty of this is that everybody on a local level still has to do the local stuff, right? It can't just be the state because we know how all well that works. Right. Um, so it's gotta be a partnership with 
the local scene, the, the resources and the things that they need to a state level and the state level really trying to focus on using the partners and the networks and the connections to drive change on a statewide level. So what are your plans on a statewide level? I see Paul DeMello in the comment saying uh, legislation, legislation, legislation. Um, <laughs> him and I have a, a pet peeve for the the change to the water safety law in Florida that happened last July yes. where uh, floating pool alarms became allowed as a um, an option, you know, where it was, you know, the door, well, it was a pool fence with a self-closing gate. Then they took the gate away and then they said, the, you know, the fence, you could also have um, alarms on the doors and windows. Then they said the alarms on the doors and windows could be battery operated. And now they say that you can also have a floating pool alarm as an option, which at least with the um, door alarms, door and window alarms, it was still a prevention. That was still the argument that like, well, we're still catching yeah. them before they leave the house. Right. But now you've got this kind of, you know, stop clock scenario where the kids in the pool, you're waiting for the alarm in the pool to go off because it takes a minute. And then you're racing to get to the pool before the kid drowns. Um, you know, are there, you know, so what are your plans statewide? Cause I know my top priority would be trying to fix that law. Yeah. So I think it's important to, to first look at the law as it is, um, as you probably know, and as a lot of people know, legislation is very hard, right? It is. It's very yeah. sticky. It's very hard to one, get passed through two to get, well, they, they had a very easy time changing it to this. Yes. Thing. And yeah. that's because it kind of flew under everyone's radar, right? Yeah. And no one knew about um, it. Um, and so fact, when I started telling people, no one was aware of it. It was really, a, yeah. 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 And so it's it's kind of one of those things where things can fly through, things can get diluted within other <laughs> laws and bills and stuff. So I think it's really important to look at, you know, first off, do an assessment. Right. We have to look at what what are the things we want to keep? What are the things that we could look at changing? The other thing is looking at if it's the difference between the legislation or the codes, right? Administrative codes are a little bit easier to change than legislation is. Once it's in statutes, it's very hard to, you know, change and, and dilute and you gotta you gotta get a lot of traction behind it. So um, I think it it's just kind of doing an assessment right now of what is out there and understanding that this is not gonna change overnight. Um, so it although it's a fairly fresh law, it might be in the last priority that someone has this year, especially especially coming out of an election year. Um, and so looking at a lot of what are the things that we can keep? What are the things that we can change? What are the, what is the terminology that can be, you know, fixed easily? What is the things that might take a little bit of work implementation and all of that. So I know that there's been talk uh, most recently on looking at some of the pool codes and some of the, um, the law that you're talking about right now to look at that. Another one that we're going to look into is the, how we track data um, and potentially making the making drowning being a reportable disease, which means that e both the lifeguards, EMS, the hospital would all have to report on that, um, which is a fairly new concept. I think Texas and Arizona might have something in place. So we're looking into that, um, looking into a lot of some of the um, lifeguard codes and, and things like that. So it's the answer is yes, there is. Um, talk about legislation, but understanding that it might be a longer process than what we think. Yeah, I mean, ideally, in a in a perfect universe, you know, we would take the law that California made and just copy paste that and drop it right into Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, 
ideally that <laughs> if that yeah. could only work, right. Yeah. <laughs> if we didn't have, you know, a bunch of people to slay and, and promote. So yes, the answer is, um, yeah, that is something that we're looking into. It just might be a little bit long. We want to do it right. Right. Cause once it's set in stone, it, it's again, very hard to change. So we want to make sure that we're kind of taking in all angles of something before we kind of propose something. It's funny because it's hard for us to change it. And I found the same thing, right? But it was really easy for that pool arm guy to float in, you know, on the 11th hour and slip it in there. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should be able to do the same thing back. I, I don't, you know, it'd be. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, and that could have been easily as timing, right? So mm -hmm. if it was the right place, the right time, the right conversation for that to happen and no one to monitor it, that's the other thing is, you, we, you know, we don't have any when it talks about drowning prevention currently, we don't really have a lot of people that monitor legislation as it goes through the process right now. Um, so we are looking at trying to build a lot of, you know, with WaterSmart Florida, build a lot of those partners that will look into that and will be constantly monitoring it. Cause it, it's almost a full-time job making sure that, you know, when something, when wording in a bill changes or gets amended or any of those things that you're, you're keeping up with that. That makes sense. And and the tracking stuff is important. Like you mentioned, you know, we, I think underestimate the number of drownings in Florida and throughout the country. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about how, you know, if someone passes away, you know, a few days or even maybe a couple days after a drowning of some kind of drowning related co uh, complication, then a lot of the time those fatalities are recorded as something else besides drowning. So the drowning deaths are probably even higher than we think they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's a lot of what we're, we've been talking about with Waterfront Florida, right? There is a smaller subcommittee that's actually looking at this and, and comparing it to Texas and Arizona and seeing both things that Texas and Arizona have orchestrated and have worked and things that they, it has not worked. So making sure that we're learning from other people um, as we move forward. Yeah, I think it's a good call. Any thoughts about reaching out to pediatricians? I know that there's been a lot of talk lately about pediatricians, um, maybe because of Carrie Morrison's survey um, yeah. and how she found that only 15 percent of parents are briefed on drowning prevention from their pediatrician. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, um, I think that's a important thing. Yeah, no, I think you hit it, hit it on the head. Um, we had originally when we started WaterSmart Florida in um, December of 2017. So it's fairly fresh. Um, we had invited American, of, uh, American Academy of Pediatrics, the Florida, specifically the Florida chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had some structural changes and so they weren't able to participate, but we actually just got an email the other day that they're going to send a couple of representatives to be part of it and to be part of that conversation. So I think that that's definitely, um, very refreshing to have that you know, lens and scope on, on the situation on the task force to provide that. Yeah, that'd be cool because I, I was really surprised at the the number of the low number of pediatricians that are giving out, you know, information on what, as you and I know, is the, you know, number one accidental cause of death for kids one to four. You would think that would be the, the number one thing they would talk about. But for some reason, it's, you know, further down the list. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think that is the drowning doesn't get the attention you know, we think it deserves? Um, I mean, I can, I don't know if there's a one answer to it. You know, it's for, I can speak from an EMT standpoint that, you know, drowning is um, very important, but when you roll up on a scene, it doesn't always 
take precedent, right? You don't, you don't roll up on someone that is, um, having respiratory issues or going into cardiac arrest thinking, Oh, was, was it a drowning first? Mm-hmm. And that's just because you don't see it as much as you do cardiac events or as much as you do other events. So I think that, um, a lot of that is culture shift. Um, it's just really looking at, you know, how are we training EMTs and how are we training people in drowning as an issue itself, instead of looking at some of the pieces that go into the larger, you know, instead of looking at the smaller medical pieces that go into the larger drowning. Incident. And what about in the media? You know, why do you think the media doesn't, you know, latch onto it? Like it has other issues that children face. Um, I think it's probably a lot to do with, with voice um, and the way that we message drowning, right? You know, we have so many terms out there and so many different things, you know, the, the fact that we use near drowning and, and um, things like that, as opposed to saying people drowned and it was either fatal or non-fatal, you know, mm-hmm. the word drown is a, is a catch word. People latch onto it. Um, when the, when those stories publish, people latch onto it. And a lot of the times I think that they read near drowning and we're like, Oh, well, it, it was close, you know, but it wasn't an, a fatal incident. Right. So um, I think if we're using that one term, that, that drowning word, right. And then we're kind of stemming off if it was fatal or non-fatal. And then also talking about why it's important, right. Why is it important to look at some of those um, incidents, but then also teach from it. A lot of the times we report on it, but we don't ever say, well, here's how, or here are some tips that can help prevent this. Yeah, I think, um, and we do this a lot when we, so we have a program called the Save a Life program where anytime there's somebody has a fatal or non-fatal drowning, we donate a pool fence to that at home. And we say one of the reasons we do it is, you know, hopefully that donation gets picked up by the media and that's an opportunity for another pool safety story in the news and one where we're providing a solution, right? Um, so the idea is that, you know, hopefully if we donate this, the donation itself is covered by the media and, you know, we get an opportunity to, you know, have a, a story about why pool safety is important and why pool fence is important, you know, which, and obviously don't need the fences important in itself, but the, the news aspect has always been half of it. You know? Yeah. And I think that, I mean, kudos, that's a phenomenal, Thanks. phenomenal program. Um, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, with media, it's all about attention, right? So it's all about trying to latch onto the, the next thing. Um, and that's unfortunate, but that's kind of how it goes is so, you know, a lot of the things that we can do is come together as, as a community and as a movement and really do a couple of driving, um, marketing and media campaigns that, that talk about that one voice. Cause that's going to get a lot more attention than, you know, kind of siloing and doing 50 different stories or trying to get people out, you know, a couple of times a year as, as opposed to just doing something big and really getting a lot of that attention. Yeah. A lot more, a lot more momentum from one big yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What kind of big thing would you have in mind? What would you do? Um, I think it's gotta be a little bit of a multi-tier approach. So it's gotta, it's gotta be where you can look at all the aspects of drowning supervision, swim lessons, um, you know, CPR, and then also engaging public officials, right? So maybe it stems out as a press conference. Um, and that press conference goes into a day of water safety and, you know, you bring people up to the Capitol and you bring people and then you have local, um, press conferences and that, that kind of the 
it happening all at once and that that building up is known to work. You know, that's kind of how a lot of some of these um, attention getters or these large media stories happen is it it happens and it kind of spurs. Right. And it it really grows and, and it's a multifaceted event. So if the news company is local, they have a local option or a state option or this or that or this or that. Yeah. Um, any, you know, so you bring people to the Capitol. That's one thing. And yep. that, that can be, an event. um, I guess that, that could be a part of it. You know, I think having a unified voice is going to help, you yeah. know, what are the, what are the three or five or, or 10 things that we're only going to talk about, um, regardless of your, um, your community, nonprofit, your company or anything like that. What are those buzzwords per se or what are those things that we're always going to talk about and that message being very unified and very siloed to to one message well i mean the ymca is kind of a national organization you know really has a good opportunity to pro, uh, provide a unified message um absolutely why did, why did they decide to get into water safety um i think it's you know it kind of is twofold right so the first off um the the wise sole job is to meet and fulfill the need of the community Right. And so we know in Florida, there is a need for water safety. So for us in Florida, that was a no brainer. It, it makes sense. Um, the Y has a rich history of teaching some lessons and specifically teaching group lessons. Um, and then also kind of some of the more um, new, innovative teaching methods. So I think having all of those things coming um, in, in line and in stream is going to help. So um all of that being said, it was kind of for us, the right time, the right place, the right conversations, um, the right champions, both legislatively and back home to really say that, that yes, this is something that we want to do. And so for that, filling our, our cause as, the, you know, strengthening the local community through youth development, healthy living, social responsibility, drowning hits all three of those areas of focus, right? You were building youth by making them safer. Um, we are teaching them a lifelong skill that could then help them be healthy. Um, and then the last one is social responsibility, right? We're raising awareness to a problem that doesn't get a whole lot of attention. Is there any plan to roll out similar programs in other states or do a national program? There's um, a number of national programs. So the Safety on Water program itself um, is our drowning prevention program. And so that is specifically um, water safety lessons in the pool and then a few um, touch points outside of the pool. Outside of that, um, Texas is large, um, a large mediator of this. So the Texas Alliance of YMCA's, which is similar to what I do, um, actually is helping um, moderate and um, convene the Texas um, Drowning Prevention Coalition. And so you can start to see that the Y. Um, is helping out with that. Arizona is doing some phenomenal things um, in Tucson and in Phoenix, both of the Ys there. So I think it's just about traction and getting the attention. I mean, this is still new work for us as um, a movement, right? The Florida has is one of the pioneers when it comes to looking at drowning and looking at um, looking at drowning outside of just swim lessons. Like, what is the community integrated approach? The the approach that brings everybody together to address the issue. Yeah, because, you know, and I've said this before, you know, we have the NDPA, which is great. We have Water Safety USA, which is, um, 
which is good when they convene once a year to pick their messaging. Um, but I think the YMCA has a shot at being, you know, another, you know, really important uh, national group that could, you know, really put a lot of weight and energy behind water safety. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a powerful message, but I also know that it can't be done alone. Right. right. So making sure that it's not just the why, because we won't get anything done. Um, making sure that it's a, a convener of a multitude of different nonprofits and organizations that, that are coming together to, to make sure that this happens. So what do you, what kind of things do you guys have in the pipeline right now that are coming up? Um, so really interesting. We have a all call our first all call. Um, so we've met, um, for Water Smart Florida since January was our technical first meeting. Um, and we've done a lot of discussions about what Water Smart looks like, what are the priorities. And so we're going to share a lot of those with um, anyone in Florida that wants to, to register. So what um, is an all call? All call is just, you know, anybody that wants to join that's passionate around drowning prevention um, can join the call. We'll kind of give an idea of what um, the overview of WaterSmart Florida kind of announced what our priorities and what some of the strategic plan looks like. Um, then we'll also look into, um, you know, what's to come and what conversations we've had and then open it up for an open forum. So allow anybody um, to ask a question of the WaterSmart Florida task force um, and some of the members there and then allow them to kind of gather some of that feedback and some of those things like there. So I can tell you what's in the pipeline. Um, you know, obviously we have one goal and it's to eliminate drowning in the state of Florida. Um, and it's to looking, looking at children, adults, um, but also into visitors, right? So a lot of the times we um, forget about being a large um, Tourism state. Tourist population. Yeah, tourism state, right? That we forget about them. And, and we're finding that a lot of people don't know about water safety when they come to Florida. Um, but water is a, a huge part of our culture here. And so looking at those things, um, we're trying to hit four you know, goals with that. So the first one is um, to build up some of the networks. So we know that a lot of people are doing a lot of great things, um, but building the network to convene and to really have those conversations about things that are working in different local communities um, and how people can get connected to have a more powerful message. Um, so that's a big piece of it. Another big piece is looking into um, some of the, the coding and legislation pieces. Um, a lot of it is education, right? Um, so marketing and um, local delivery of lessons and of um, partnerships and things like that. That's kind of what's in the pipeline. <laughs> so what are you guys thinking for marketing? You know, how, how are you guys going to do it? Um, so right now what we're doing is collecting kind of the best practices and what a lot of people are doing in our state, right? So what are, what are the messages that are being delivered? What are the resources and pulling all those together? And then from there, we're going to compare um, like resources, like resources, and see if we can't get a couple of people to kind of merge resources. So we have one or two um, you know, of those resources that can be delivered and it has everybody's logo and has the water smart Florida logo. We can all gather around that. Um, another one is we have a, there's a PSA that, um, department of health is working on with, in conjunction with us, um, to really try to drive some of the, the conversations. Um, we have a lot of, we're looking into capital days, um, potentially and have inviting some people up to Tallahassee to, um, talk about water safety and, and really advocate there. Um, we are looking into 
some of the partnerships locally that we can um, talk with. A lot of the the marketing stuff is going to kind of have convene and have a conversation at the state level and then try to promote it at the local level. Um, and so really trying to gather that what we talked about before, that one powerful message that is going to kind of always be part of conversation. I think the other thing is, is always keeping up with the conversation, right? Reminding people. Um, so making sure that we're not just doing it in the month of May or we're not just doing it right before summer, that it's, it, I mean, water is part of the Florida culture that we're really trying to, to pull that together. Yeah. It'd be cool to see something similar to pool safely, which I'm a big fan of pool safely. They did it. Yeah. Uh, they've done one of the best jobs in coming up with, you know, drowning prevention materials, both the, the written materials, the videos are phenomenal. Um, I love all their YouTube videos. Uh, it'd be cool to have a Florida version of pool safely, right? Yeah. Or, or being ado- or adopting pool safely. Or like, just use their stuff, we, right? Yeah. I mean, what yeah. can we do to, to enhance what they're already doing? You know, that's, that's the hard, hard thing is we don't want to constantly recreate things, right? That's, right. you know, time sensitive and that's money and things like that. Let's use what other resources we have um, and, and really try to hone in on, on what people are doing well and using those things. I have, I don't know if you've seen it. <clears throat> if you haven't, I'll send it to you. Uh, what I consider to be among the, the best pool safety PSAs of all time. Um, pool Safely described it as an animated infographic and oh. pe- people seem to uh, latch onto it. Um, we, we made it, it's getting kind of old now, but it still still works as it's animated, but I'll, I'll send it to you. It's, it's good. Yeah, please do. Please. It's really cool. It's, it's on our Facebook, it's on our website, but um yeah, I had a a father who lost a two-year-old uh, who I had never met before sent me a message um, after he saw it and said, you know, if I had seen this video, my my daughter would be alive. And and ever since then, I was always a fan of it. But after that, I was like, all right, I need to get this in front of as many eyeballs as possible because yeah. you know, if that would have saved his kid, you know, I, I didn't get to his kid in time, you know, so we try and push it really hard down, you know. They, yeah, I would love to see it. That's awesome. And then, you know, again, to your point, are trying to streamline things and things that are working well, let's keep them, you know? Right. So um, in your email, you talked about amplifying our voice and drowning prevention. You know, what are your thoughts on how we do that? Yeah, um, I think it, it's shared resources. I think it's um, like-minded resources. I think it's doing things on a, on a timely manner and around all multitudes of you know, conversation, local conversation, state conversation, um, engaging with media outlets, engaging with, um, you know, the public officials, you know, the, the thing is too, is making sure that a lot of the things that we talk about can be done at a local level, right? A lot of the local, a lot of the, the rules in Florida go back to what's called home rule. So allowing local governments to make policies and, and create change locally. So, you know, if it's, um, looking at something like legislation, what can you do locally too that is going to enhance the state? So if you're doing it there and getting attention and we're talking about it on a state and getting attention, it's just going to help each other. Um, right. So I think it, you know, to me that the, we have to amplify the voice, um, but we also have to get on the same page before we do that. Because if we have too many voices or too many different messages then it's going to get diluted. So making sure that we're really taking that, that network that we talked about creating um, and, and picking a couple of things to start off with and really tackling them and seeing how they work. So what, 
a couple of things do you think would be your first? Um, so I think we need to decide what, um, you know, we know how to prevent drowning, right? We've talked about that, but everybody kind of says it different, right? So some people say supervision first, some people say barriers first, some people say those, but we know that all of them need to happen. So what's our documentation or what's our messaging around the things that prevent drowning? I also think that, um, you know, making sure that we are doing PSAs and doing um, press conferences and things like that, that are going to message um, when kind of identifying when we need to start messaging. If that's before summer, we know that's before summer, right? Before people start getting into the summertime thing. Um, but when is that? Is that in April? Is that in March? Is that um, not based on a timeline, is that based on the weather, right? So the second that warmer weather starts hitting, we know that we need to activate our message. Um, I think all of those things are really going to drive um, and amplify that message. First off, we need to figure out what the message is, right? And what those things are, because we're all doing great things, but we really need to pick a couple of things first. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the literacy protection thing has been pretty nationally adopted. Yes. Uh, I like saying this as often as possible because I think it's a really cool piece of trivia that um, letters of protection originated in 1987 with us. Uh, with, we came up with it in uh, in a book we wrote called uh, Summertime Fun, Year-Round Danger, Using Letters of Protection to Protect Your Pool. And, and that was the first time letters of protection was used in writing. Um, wow. Which is kind of cool because now it's yeah. everywhere, right? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my dad wrote it, um, like I said, back in the mid-'80s. And, um, and it took off, which is, you know, and at the time, he did it because the different methodologies were competing. You know, you had the alarm people saying that alarms were the you know, solution. You had the swim instructors saying, no, you got to teach kids how to swim. You had the pool fence people saying, no, pool fences were it. And instead of trying to compete with everyone, instead of just other pool fence companies, which is what we do now, um, he said, no, you know, you need layers of protection. You need them all. You know, you need supervision. You need alarms. You need swim instruction. And, you know, it's worked out pretty well from a business side, but also, you know, the, that idea I think has really resonated and you see it now and, you know, pool safely has simple steps, save lives. Like you said, um, Johnny Johnson, that's a safer three. Uh, some people just say layers of protection. You know, there's a few different ways of pro approaching it, but it's still kind of all the same idea. Mm -hmm. and, and just making sure that, you know, uh, again, even simple words that change can confuse people. Right. We're in that, that time frame that if it's not one direct line that everybody adopts, it, it can get diluted and it can get changed. You know, what's the difference between basic life support and CPR, things like that. Like, you know, the community may not know what basic life support entails. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we're keeping streamlined, but also making sure that it, it's community appropriate. Uh, are you planning on doing any advertising on Facebook? Yeah. So, um, we, because of some of the, um, social media guidelines from department of health, we aren't going to do a Facebook page per se. Um, but there is going to be a there is a Facebook network page. So it's one of the hidden groups, um, Facebook groups yeah. that, um, people can go in and register. It's, um, it is private, but it is not hidden or secret. Um, so people can go look for water smart Florida, um, network, and join that that Facebook page. It's going to ask you a couple of questions as far as um, where you're located in the county, kind of what your messaging is currently, um, and some things like that to gather that information and that data. But it, it's available, and that's where you know things like 
the all call call are going to be, or the all call um, meeting that we're going to have are going to be posted in the WebEx for a lot of those things and resources and things like that. But what about uh, public facing marketing through Facebook? Yeah, I think um, we have not done anything for WaterSmart Florida, but I think it's important to once we get those materials that are branded WaterSmart Florida or have a multitude of the logos that are in, integrated in there is that people in their networks share those materials, right? And so we have not done anything, nor are we going to probably be able to do anything at the time um, for WaterSmart Florida on Facebook, but there is you know, simple things like using hashtag WaterSmart Florida. They're all going to connect conversation in, in some of those those pieces there. Um, there is watersmartflorida.org that is going to, it's kind of getting a revamp. So there's some materials on there, um, but then we're going to start talking a little bit more about the partnerships and some of the coalition members and local grounding prevention task forces and things like that. Yeah, because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, preventing drowning at a scalable level, right? Where you're making serious impact and uh, Facebook currently and Instagram probably has some of the most underpriced advertising, uh, you know, for $7, you can get in front of a thousand people, which, mm -hmm. which doesn't exist on TV. It's not, it doesn't exist in radio. You can't get that in magazines. It's you know, probably the cheapest advertising and most effective advertising you can buy right now. Um, and, and that's going to go away. I think in the next three to four years, when BMW and Toyota and Johnson and Johnson realized that no one watches TV anymore and they all move their billions of dollars into Facebook, that $7 is going to turn into 70 real fast. Um, mm -hmm. So I think you, you, there's a limited opportunity for folks like you and me to get messaging out really cheaply. Um, that's going to go away in the next few years. So I'm hoping that we see a lot more scalable money put into Facebook advertising um, focused on water safety, you know, while we still can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that takes funds and resources and the ability to even make a Facebook page, which seems like a incredible hurdle, but, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> dealing with, with government, it sometimes yeah. gets that way. Yeah. But I mean, with government comes real money, right? Uh, hopefully and scalable money, you know, the, you now we've got all these organizations that are doing great, but they're, you know, raising money 50 bucks at a time, hundred bucks at a time. And, it, and you wonder, can you do any, you know, serious impact with, with that kind of, you know, infrastructure, you know, mm -hmm. it's yeah. hard. And I think that's, you know, coming, you know, to your point, everybody getting small pockets of money. If we put it into one big pocket, we got, you know, instead of $10, we have a hundred dollars or right. we have $10,000 or whatever it may mm -hmm. be. Yeah, I mean, combining is nice, but I think even, honestly, I think even if you com combine them all, it's still not, you know, what, you know, breast cancer gets, right? It's still not, you know, what the American Red Cross gets, like, you know, real scalable money, I don't think has made it into drowning prevention yet. And, you know, I was hoping that would start with pool safely, and it did a little bit, right? When when the Virginia Grand Baker Act passed, um, that initiative um, granted one point something million dollars. I forget what it was. I think but you're, you're right. It's like 1.7. 1. 1. 1. 1. Um, I know the NDPA got a big chunk of that um, and they use it to do a bunch of things. Um, but, you know, that was one time, you know, if that was an annual thing, you know, if that happened every year, water safety would be a completely different universe. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure how to activate that, you know, pool safely grant money uh, phenomenon again without 
you know, a secretary of state's granddaughter drowning. Um, but, you know, I wish it didn't take that. Well, and I think it's important to looking, looking at pool safely. Um, a lot of the times they're going to grant it to the local or state governments right. um, because that will drive change. So making sure that you're partnering up with those entities and applying for that money, because, you know, we know, we know that they're going to get that money, but it's easier on the, on the books for federal government to give money to the state government. They work all the time. Um, it's a little bit harder to get it to nonprofits and, and a little bit more um, strings to pull. So what can you do with that, that, um, and what contracts can you make and, and partnerships can you create that, you know, the, the departments are going to receive the funding and then kind of um, be the funneler of it or the sub grantee um, right. to help other people. So I know you've got a meeting at 10 o'clock, so I want to make sure you, you make it to that. Um, is there anything else you want to let people know before we wrap up? Um, that this can't be done by, by yourself at all. Um, so, you know, please join the Facebook group um, and please join the conversation around water smart. Um, we know that we can't do it, you know, just with the, you know, 10, 15 organizations that are talking about water safety right now. Um, we can't do it, you know, siloed. So making sure that we really come together and have a conversation about it to make sure that we do it right. Because, you know, we only might get a couple of chances. Perfect. I'm going to join the group. I am not a member, but I will fix that. As soon as yeah. I'm done here. <laughs> I'll make sure I send it to you as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, no one told me if it's a secret group. How am I such a Yes. Man? Yes. And it, it was, again, this is the kind of, it's still new. So making right. sure that that's why we're doing an October call is to really try to get the word out there. You should have had a banner that you could hold up a water smart Florida Facebook group, you know, just put it on my car and drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, 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 or for this interview, you know, you could hold it up for us, you know, that's, oh, that, uh, now, now people know. So the See, this is smart. why you need to be part of the, the conversation because I, you would have given me the idea. <laughs> and well, that's why I brought you on this so that you can tell people, right? So absolutely. So the Water Smart Florida Facebook group is called the Water Smart Florida Network Facebook group, right? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I'll I'll make sure I, I share it out. Um, the other thing that you can do is go to watersmartflorida.org. Um, I'd say in the next couple of months, there's going to be a number of different um, partnerships that are kind of started and things like that that are all over there. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, I appreciate you having me and, and um, thank you so much for your passion, your dedication and, and all of that. And thank you for much for the whiteboard idea. That is really cool. I will be doing that. And, uh, and hopefully we can keep on trucking. Yeah. It would change the world through your whiteboard and uh, try and do what you can for that law. We need to get that fixed. That, that really bothers me. And it bothers me that it changed so easily one direction, but we can't put it back, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we need, we need to fix that. You know, a kid's going to drown. That's what's going to happen with, with a floating pool alarm. And um, yep. I'm afraid that that's going to be what, what does it, but hopefully not, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. I will be monitoring that absolutely. And, and we'll be trying to look at verbiage and words and stuff like that. Beautiful. All right. Well, have a good one, Scott. You take care of yourself. You as well. Talk to you All later. Bye-bye. Right.